Welcome to the Picaro Community Green Forum, an open space for thought leaders to discuss the ongoing challenges in gas, energy, and beyond. I'm Tracy Boyd, Marketing Director for Picaro, and the episode you're about to hear is part of our expert series covering methane abatement. Our guests will share their perspectives on where the industry is and what is next, providing important insights into what is fast becoming a new language, the language of methane emissions measurement, quantification, and abatement. Joining me today are Picaro's Francois Roger, Senior Director, Solution Architect, Climate and Safety, and Sean McMullen, Senior Director, Software and Data Analytics. I'm gonna go ahead and jump right in with the first question. In our previous episode, we discussed the detection and quantification of methane leaks. In today's episode, we'll discuss programs for methane emission abatement. Sean, can you help me understand how these two concepts are linked together? Sure, Tracy. Um, so as you mentioned last time, we, we talked about uh, quantification, um, particularly how we do quantification from vehicle-based sensors. Um, but it's really important to understand that quantification is really just the first step. Um, and so we uh, the quantification allows operators to understand uh, emissions specific to their network, um, but realizing that the end goal is not just quantification, um, or to be more accurate or specific about quantification, uh, but rather to set a baseline and drive uh, emissions reduction uh, relative to that baseline. Um, so that's really the, the key. Um, and you, the first step is, is quantification. Second step is abatement because you can't, you can't reduce what you don't measure. Francois, anything to add to that? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, exactly. I would like to add that um, uh, there are several goals of reduction around and uh, perhaps starting in 2014-15 through uh, SB 1371 in California, we put a, a, a goal of 40% reduction by 2030. Actually, this goal was not formal because we, at this point, they didn't know how to really uh, reach that goal. Uh, and uh, But there are other, other goals of the, uh, the, the pledge, uh, methane pledge that has been uh, Agreed upon in in um, in the COP26 meeting in Glasgow uh, at a year and a half ago uh, by 30% by 2030. Uh, also, uh, uh, yeah, the one uh, the one future challenge that also put a, a goal to reduce emissions uh, below 1%, and actually they, they reach that goal and they continue to to aim to reducing the, these emissions. So. Uh, um, all these these goals and now um, a lot of uh, gas utilities have uh, goals that can go up to zero net methane emissions. Uh, all these goals um, uh, rely on on implementation of programs that will reduce the emissions. So it's definitely not uh, just measuring, but also uh, reducing the emissions. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what are the options that are available to distribution networks to actually reduce emissions? Yeah, I, I can start with that. So I, I think it's it's important to preface, um, you know, what what Francois started to mention here that what we're talking about here is is only part of the solution. Utilities and companies have um, many different programs uh, to meet their net zero and other ESG uh, goals, but here. Um, we focus specifically on how to reduce fugitive emissions uh, from assets within a distribution network, so main services, meter sets. Um, so 
one way to drive emissions reduction is through a pipeline replacement program. Um, and so while this is part of the toolbox, uh, companies realistically only replace on the order of 1% of their infrastructure every year. And so that in itself doesn't bring about enough opportunity for abatement, the sort of range of 50, 80% or more uh, that's going to be required by, by utilities to reach their net zero goals. Um, so on the other hand, uh, there's a unique opportunity, uh, which is presented by the leak sizes that you see in a distribution network. And so one easy way to remember this is the five and 50 rule. So 5% of the leaks are responsible for 50% of the uh, fugitive emissions. And so we refer to those 5% of the leaks as super emitters. And so if you were able to find those needles in the haystack efficiently, uh, you can actually have a very effective emissions reduction program uh, by prioritizing uh, the repair of a small number of leaks, which are uh, accounting for most of the emissions. The super emitter program, the reduction of large leaks emissions, uh, has two components. It's one is the detection, the early detection of, of the large leaks. So you need to have a way to rapidly detect uh, these large leaks. And second, the prioritization of repair. And that's an important thing because without measuring every leak, without the ability to quantify every leak, you cannot really uh, identify these large leaks. And that's what uh, the um, vehicle-based um, methane quantification process uh, give us is the ability not only to measure the overall emission of a system, but also to uh, identify the large leaks directly, which uh, at that point will also help to uh, develop the program for reducing the emissions. So that's very important to, to have these two aspects, detection and uh, um, prioritization of repair. Francois, can you describe for me, I hear this term super emitter a lot. Can you describe for me what is a super emitter program and what's that all about? Yeah, that's a good question, Tracy, because there are different definitions of super emitter. So it's important to clarify that. Um, so you, you can define the super emitters as the largest uh, sources of emissions, in, for example, in the territory. That has been done, for example, by uh, the California Air Resource Board a few years ago and, and reported by uh, Riley Duran in a recent publication in Nature, where they were looking for the largest emitter in California, independently of the system. So it's not what we are using here because we are focusing on distribution and, and the leaks in distribution are much smaller than other sources. There are other definitions that look at um, the emitter as a function. So the, the definition of super emitters as more for production, um, the, the production site that emits the most or emits proportionally the most. Uh, there was also a, a, an interesting article in 2017 or so by um, uh, a group of, of, uh, of researchers that uh, uh, including Alvarez from, from uh, EDF, uh, uh, that uh, this, this uh, group proposed uh, to have a definition uh, with a ratio of emission compared to production as a way to define the super emitters. Uh, the definition we use is different. It is a definition which is specific to uh, a, a group of assets, distribution system force, and try to identify within this group what are the largest uh, emitters. It's uh, 
it's a little bit the same thing as, uh, for example, Adam Brent has done uh, uh, in uh, an article in 2016 where, where he says that uh, uh, he observed that in most, for most of the class of assets, uh, about 5%, uh, as Sean mentioned before, about 5% of the, the leaks of the, the sources of methane represent 50% or more of the emissions. So uh, it's, it's true for many different class of assets, and it's true for the distribution system. So that's the definition we are using here. Now that we understand where the term actually super emitter derives from, can you tell me what's the difference between a super emitter program or how is a super emitter program different than an advanced leak survey program? Yes, uh, actually, the difference is in, in the investigation practice. So when, when you run a, an advanced leak service program, you detect uh, the, 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 the peak of methanes that are a sign of a leak, and you investigate every of them in order to identify the potential leaks. With a super emitter program, the data collection is the same, so you continue to detect methane peaks, but you address only the methane peaks that have been defined, quantified are larger than the threshold defining the, the superimeter program. That way, you limit the investigation to the small number of leaks that are uh, larger in the system. And it's very important because the investigation is, is a costly part of the uh, uh, leak survey process. So, uh, by by uh, focusing on larger leaks, we, we get a much better uh, effectiveness of the program. Coming back to the to the you know 550 statement, so you're going to abate more in, in the long run if you just focus on the, the super emitters. So, Sean, let's talk for a minute about how organizations are actually deploying this type of program. Sure. Well, the, the most effective way is to get started with driving and collecting as much of the data over the network as possible. And so we see operators uh, that are covering up to 100% of their network uh, uh, every year, and some that are even going to a more frequent cadence, uh, trying to cover the whole network twice a year, every six months. Wow. So once you, once you have the data, it's really the choice of what to do with it. And Francois mentioned that uh, there's there's the two aspects. There's the regulatory uh, leak survey aspect, and then there's the super emitter aspect. So, in the U.S., um, the regulations only require leak survey um, to be every five years on most asset classes, and so that means that about if you drive 100% of the network, 20% uh, of that data are being used for leak survey uh, purposes, where every indication is being investigated in order to find all the leaks. But that leaves the opportunity on the rest of the territory. So up to 80% that uh, you did not drive for leak survey practices, um, you can take advantage by only investigating the large indications. This is what we call the super emitter program. Um, and it allows the utilities to focus on uh, repair efforts on just that small number of leaks, the 5% that's gonna make the most uh, uh, difference to, to the emissions. That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely, and actually, I would add that uh, the the superintendent program, being a prioritization of the repair of the large leaks, it doesn't really add cost of repair because after you you pass the first year or two where you detected leaks that were been open for 
a number of years, you, you reduce the number of leaks that you, you find, and you are back to uh, the, the repair volume that were before the application of the program. So it, the, the idea is really to prioritize the repair only on the large leaks, and by that way, uh, uh, accelerating the, the, the reduction of emissions from, from the large leaks more than from, from uh, smaller leaks. And that way, you obtain the reduction without creating additional cost of repair. And that's an important aspect of the program because, uh, of course, the, the, the major limitation is the resources. You cannot repair everything every time, all the time. So the prioritization is a way to um, reduce the emissions without uh, increasing the volume of repair. So we've talked about um, finding the leaks. We've talked about how we're going to abate the leaks. What does all of this mean in terms of reporting what you've done? Yeah, so I think the advantage of the, the data collection at scale is all the data is available to do whatever you want to with it. And so um, in terms of emissions reporting or reporting the efforts of abatement programs, everything can basically be done automatically and in near real time as soon as the data are, are collected on the portion of the infrastructure. Um, from there, even these methane indications can be uh, dispatched into the field automatically. And so um, investigation and repair resources can be assigned um, and completed. Um, and also in terms of tracking the abatement, everything can be done um, automatically. So operators can see the impact, the gradual impact of their abatement efforts over time, reporting on, on progress regularly throughout the year, for example. Mm -hmm actually taking credit for the work that they're doing to to abate their missions. Mm -hmm. So we started this discussion talking about how to reach net zero. How can a super emitter program help you get there, Francois? Yeah, and that actually go back to uh, the definition of super emitters. And we had a definition of super emitter, which is relative uh, and also very flexible. So uh, the idea is uh, starting with the largest leak in order to not overwhelm uh, the uh, operation and, and repair teams uh, with uh, the detections. But at the same time, preparing for the next steps. And uh, there is not, nothing um, uh, prevent you to define a super emitter with a lower threshold. And it's actually what uh, pg is doing now by uh, um, reducing the threshold from 10 to 7 cubic foot per hour, and we can continue to go down that way in order to reach uh, a, a, a reduction that will never be zero, but uh, in, in reach for the zero net, uh, knowing that uh, the remaining of the emissions will be compensated by offset uh, from, from other programs. Uh, but uh, that's the, 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 this, uh, this program allows this transition and this, this uh, uh, progressive reduction of the emission towards uh, a, a very deep reduction as the ultimate goal in 10 years from now or so, depending on, on the companies and the organizations. But uh, it's not a one step and it stops there. It's actually a, a, a path toward a, a deep reduction. That makes a lot of sense, mapping out your path to net zero, if you will. 
So I want to thank everyone for your time today. Another great discussion in the books this time on methane abatement and the importance of implementing a super emitter program sooner rather than later. Um, we also discussed why we believe going after your biggest leaks is going to improve the most impact to your organization. If you would like to learn more on this topic and to become a linguistics expert in methane measurement or abatement solutions, visit our website, gas.picaro.com for further reading. Up next, we will continue this language lesson by discussing another aspect of this topic, which is the more holistic treatment of methane data points and the optimization of safety leak survey schedule and what our experts recommend next. Thank you for your time.